To the center of the universe we go. Winnipeg Jets take on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. We speak with a diehard Leafs fan who used to work with us at CJOB. His name is Matt Cardi. The rivalry between the Jets and the Leafs and Mackling and Matt. Today's out-of-pocket episode, the global news series on inflation, is looking how a lot of Canadians are now saying no to events and other expenditures because of cost and the fear of saying yes that comes with that. We also talked a lot about rent increases, rent prices. Winnipeg remains affordable in comparison to other cities in this country, but rent in Winnipeg on average went up 12% in the month of December. And what are some dumb things that you didn't know and you are embarrassed to admit? I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, January 19th podcast for The Start. Good morning, Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. Got a bit of a... Bit of a frog in my throat. Oh, I, as soon as he spoke, I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I no. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I woke up. My throat's a little dry. And I thought, oh, that's weird. Should I be going to work? Like, I don't want to be that the, the guy who goes to work sick. And yet I don't want to be the person who's like, I sneezed. I need to stay home from work today. So I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I, have, I have some Ricola. Lozenges. Is that how the, the commercial Ricola. goes? That's more in your uh, range, your vocal range, Loren. I, I was glad that you jumped in there because <laughs> I, I can't hit those notes. I don't know why, but every time I ever am in the mountains, that's the only thing I can think of, though. That's like, what I'll you be... call an impactful and yes. effective advertising campaign. We were on a hike this summer. And I was just like the whole time, Ricola. Like the... <laughs> Just obnoxiously yelling in the Swiss Alps, a Ricola commercial, like just ridiculous. Well, that's why oh. I bought them when I had. I, I hope I, you're I, not I, sick. I I hope so too. We'll see. I guess we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, if come six thirty five, it's Brett's not here. That's what's happened. I decided to tap out, but otherwise I feel fine. I feel completely fine. And by the way, uh, I had the Ian Smith, farmer Ian Smith. We talked to regularly. Oh, baby. Had the yeah. bacon. My dad and I had the bacon yesterday. And, and he dropped off. Fantastic. This is the best bacon I've ever had. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. Oh, it's life changing. You Super. know, here, I would have said, you know, years ago, you can't have bad bacon. And that's sort of true. But you can also have very excellent bacon. That's right. If that makes any sense. It does. Right? It does. Like the threshold, there's, there's nothing below half. Like you can't fail bacon. Yeah, you're like, it's bacon. It's good. I'm but you can get like, but... when athletes talk about giving 110%, there's 110% bacon. And that's what you got. Yeah, it was excellent. What was his website again? Was it like naturalraisedpork.ca? That sounds correct. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to try the bacon, it's Or maybe it's, it's just, good. it might be just, is it, did you find it? I think yeah. so. I'm looking it's at it. It's naturalraisedpork.ca. I only know that I was on the website yesterday looking at a side of pork. <laughs> because I knew you were going to your dad's house for the bacon. And I was like, I got to get me some more of that pork. Ian has uh, <laughs> fresh eggs as well. Well, yeah, the eggs are good. fresh eggs as well. So, yeah, yeah you can have breakfast for a long time. Farmer sausage. I tried that last week. That was excellent. So, yeah, thank you very much, Ian. If you're listening, good morning to you. My dad and I were thrilled with the bacon. Although it was funny, we uh, we, we ate it in the form of grilled cheese BLTs. So I had the, I had two pans going with these. Uh, I bought some pumpernickel bread, or as Jeff Forte would say, pumpernickel bread. <laughs> And uh, I, so I put them on the pan. I walked away for like 30 seconds no. and I came back into the room and they were, they were both smoking. Why did you walk away? I was answering one a text from you guys. You can't walk away. <laughs> the grilled cheese is an art. You've got to be there. You've got to mind your craft. You've got to keep your eye on it. I'm curious, how do you, how do you work the lettuce aspect into the grilled? Oh, I BLT? put it on after. Yeah. It okay. goes after like that. You're not you're not. Are you are you not just making toast and putting the bacon into the toast? Or are you actually grilling it on top like more like a grilled cheese? Yeah, like we we uh, we cooked the bacon. We put yeah. we cooked the bacon in the oven and then I made some grilled cheese sandwiches. And then after the after they're they're done oh, grilling, then you take them apart and put the bacon in and oh, the lettuce okay. and tomatoes gotcha. and all you that take stuff them apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was thinking just a basic. You know what? 
like be now I'm just hungry. So <laughs> I won't be here at six thirty because I'll be upstairs cooking bacon. <laughs> All right. So hopefully the voice starts to uncrack as we get through this morning here. And at seven oh five, I'm super excited about this. <laughs> on our sheet, on our schedule here, it says to the center of the universe we go. Why are we heading to the big smoke? Yesterday, uh, Loren suggested we speak to someone in Toronto about what it's like to live in the center of the universe, to have the spotlight, in particular when it comes to sport. The Jets are playing the Leafs tonight. And, of course, uh, here in Winnipeg, that's a really big deal. The two teams are near the top of the NHL standings. But who's Toronto's biggest rival? What's it like to cheer for a team that every other fan base detests? (laughs) And they're sort of, Loren, potentially the most loved and the most hated team, maybe in sport. Uh, the, the New York Yankees might fall into that category as well. But I reached out to Matt Cardi, our former colleague here at 680 CJOB. He works for Global News, 640 AM in Toronto. He is one of the biggest Toronto Maple Leaf fans I know. I've had bets with him over the years about how the Jets are going to do versus how the Leafs are going to do. He pays his bets, by the way. Yeah, I remember. Uh, <laughs> so that's the good thing. And uh, when I called him, he goes, what's wrong? Who died? I'm like, everybody's fine. It's all good. <laughs> oh, boy. But Because I, I never call him. I usually just text him. And I said, we want to talk about this tomorrow. He says, oh, this sounds great. I can't wait. So we're going to talk about Toronto, living in Toronto, being a fan, and then kind of having that, uh, those aspersions cast upon you and, and, and that sort of thing. I seem it's to... not easy. Uh, sorry, my, because my son's a Leafs fan and he's gone to games in, uh, against the Jets, like in Winnipeg. And that half the audience, as you know, or the crowd is often Leafs fans are close to half. But on the other hand, like they turn on you in a hurry, Jets fans. And he was, I remember like five or six. And my husband had to take him for a walk because the crowd was just like booing the Leafs so mad at the Leafs that he's like, I think I got to get him out of here. Like just <laughs> oh, because man. he's wearing his Leafs jersey. And of course, he's got no shame, right? Like he's pulling on it, like cheering loud every time they scored. And I, I, I just got this text from my husband being like, I, uh, don't know if we should stay to the end here. I feel like we got to get out. So it's not easy in both fronts. But I'm going to eat a bacon sandwich, I think, in honor of Hogtown tonight and not let him have any of the bacon. So That's you have a frog in your throat, Brett. It's not easy being green. Uh, it's not easy being blue either. That's fair. I seem to recall a rather dejected photo of Matthew Carty in a Winnipeg Jets jersey. Is that correct? Could be. The result of one of your bets? Uh, not, not me. But no? He, no, not me. But l- let me tell you, he is not shy to put his loyalty on the line. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't surprise me in one, in any regard. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Okay. <laughs> Annie D, baby. There it is. Sad saxophone. If you're just tuning in, we were joking about Kenny G last half hour, so producer Tyson's on the case. In for Jeff Forte playing some Kenny G. We're getting a Kenny of some sort. Rogers or G. We got the (laughs) G. I meant Kenny Rogers when you got to know when to fold him. But then I said Kenny G, and this is kind of nice, too. Yeah, it's a nice soothing way into the second half hour of the show as we get ready to talk about the library. Hey, by the way, in our next segment, we're going to talk about things that... um, you maybe were embarrassed to admit, and producer Tyson is going to step up in our next segment and tell you what he told us yesterday that gave us a little bit of a chuckle. Um, that's all I can really say about that. It's good. But right now, let's talk about the library. Winnipeg's downtown Millennium Library is set to reopen next week. Yeah, as you likely know, the library has been closed since December 11th when Tyree Kaye was killed after what police have called a verbal dispute that escalated into a physical assault. Kaye was 28. Four youth, all under the age of 16, have been arrested and charged in association with Kaye's death. Yesterday, the city announced the library would reopen. Global's news anchor, Lisa Dutton, has the details. 
Well, starting Monday, the Millennium Library will be back up and running with some new security measures. The new measures are a temporary solution until recommendations from the ongoing security audit come in. Library goers can expect a controlled entrance to the library with stanchions and a walk-through metal detector. Two Winnipeg police will also be on site, along with four additional security guards. Once the city receives the safety consultant's recommendations, an implementation plan will be put forward to the council for consideration. And we felt that we, we needed to, uh, frankly, go, uh, you know, pretty extreme in terms of just getting open. Uh, half measures weren't going to do it in terms of this interim phase. We've got uh, that, those security consultants working now, and they know they need to turn around something for us quickly. We are expecting their first set of recommendations within a few weeks from now. So the last voice you hear in that story, it's City of Winnipeg CAO Michael Jack. He was on with Julie and Richard yesterday on the news yesterday afternoon. These really are geared towards being an interim measure or a set of interim measures just to get the library open. We've heard from a lot of voices, a lot of people who desperately want their downtown library open. We moved as quickly as we could, thoughtfully having the discussions we needed to have. We believe it strikes that, that balance. These are the measures we feel we need to take just to get open. We will be refining them as we receive more expertise and advice from security experts. So that's CAO Michael Jack. Here's Kate Keller of the Social Planning Council of Winnipeg. On the interim, is this acceptable? Uh, no, it's not. The concern would be once something is put in place, it's much harder to get rid of it. Except for the, we have been here before. People might remember that the Millennium Library several years ago, I think 2019, 2020, they increased security measures, which included metal detectors. They were then taken away after a time. But Jack insists there was a split in consensus on the suitability of all of these security measures. When you tried a metal detector there in the past, that wasn't warmly received. No, it wasn't. And yet there was a real division of opinion, if you will. Uh, there was, but there were certainly some in the community who, uh, who really didn't take uh, well to that. So Kaler had a couple of issues with Jack's stand. It took us a very long time for the original screening to go away. To Mr. Jack's point about the split opinion on that, as much as advocates like to think that we have an impact, one of the major reasons why the security came down is because usership dropped so much at the library. People did not like being searched. So as the library gets set to reopen, I can't help but wonder why an interim solution took this long. The city says it's interim and consultations will continue. Uh, they, I guess they've begun, but I'm also left scratching my head as to why anyone would be against making a space where the public gathers, a place, incidentally, where there were over 600 officially reported incidents in 2022, incidents uh, which include situations that required medical assistance, assaults, harassments, threats within the facility. As someone who spent a long time ago, granted, a lot of time at that library, this is beyond disheartening to see this facility being in the situation that it's in. The new security measures include more security guards and police officers. Kaler makes this point. The location of the Millennium Library, it's right next door to the police station. So are more police necessarily going to make a difference, Loren? Yeah, I... I, I, is it the optics of how it feels when you walk in there? Do you feel safer just because you see that person standing at the door as opposed to being next door at the police station? Who is that making feel better? Who is that making feel worse? And when you talk about that split and consensus, when they put these security measures, similar security measures, at least with the screening back in 2019, 2020, they did see incidents of violence and other concerning incidents drop. But then they also did see that attendance drop. And there was also suggestions that it was classist, even racist to some of the population that may or may not be coming, going and going from that library. I get down to the idea that for me, it's hard to sit here in my position of privilege and comment on what the library means to me or a library means to me, except for that for me, any library in my 45 years of history has always been that place where you walk in and it's got that feeling to it. And it's calming. And you're you're going there to learn, to read, to relax, maybe to meet with someone, to find an answer to something. But you walk into almost any library in the world and you feel, and so is it about that feeling and will that change as a result of implementing some of these measures? And and will they then go away when they come out with the long-term plan? How is it possible to have that feeling of, 
uh, when there's like an incident or two incidents every single day. 100%. Right? You, it, you're, you're not getting it if you're concerned for your safety without security measures. And you might feel you're not getting it if you have to, you know, have a wand screen you for weapons or other when you walk in. But the point is, once you get past that point in the doors, if you can still find that feeling, then is that the win? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here as a person who has used the library strictly as a place to go read, find answers, take my kids, not as somebody who's also using it as a meeting place, a gathering place, a place to stay warm. I don't have that perspective. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We want to talk about the things that maybe we're embarrassed to admit that we didn't know. And Loren, this has to do with a new survey about our own anatomy. I, you know, and I, I don't know how much stock to put in this survey, but it was commissioned by one poll and a private healthcare provider in the UK called Paul Mall Medical. And they asked people if they could identify, confidently identify where an organ is located. So it's about your anatomy, right? And the results showed what proportion of people could, for example, identify the heart, 63%. Brain, 63%. Stomach, 59%. No I don't buy kidneys, this. Sorry, 50, the brain? I, I, I totally get it. I, I look at this cam and I think, were people just joking when they <laughs> took this? Or did they like decide to have a few drinks and then do this survey? But it had me laughing because like, say even a smidge of this is true. Like, oh, I thought my kidney was in the front, not the back. Are you really even wanting to be someone to admit that? Like admitting when you just don't know the obvious have you ever found yourself in that situation? So putting this poll aside, I had such a good laugh at it because I was like, who are these idiots? I mean, I get it. I don't really know where the <laughs> they spleen is. they poll like ancient Egyptians from the year 3500 yes. BC or something exactly. like that? Is that who they talk to? It's 2,000 adults. I don't know. But it made me laugh because like, there's some things for sure. Like I, I have gone to the doctor and they tell you something you know, that's going on in your body and you're like, I'm going to have to Google that. Don't really know where that body part is, right? Like, what does the spleen do? Or they start talking about your gallbladder and you're like, and that would be in my upper, lower, middle. <laughs> like, you just don't know. I get it. There's some parts you don't know. The rest seems nonsense. But it made me think of a question, Brett, about the times when what? Every have a moment where you were embarrassed for not <laughs> knowing something. Text us a story for a chance to win those moose tickets. Tyson in Master Control in for Jeff Forte. Let's start with you because yesterday, sir, you volunteered some information, and I was quite proud of your honesty, sir. Yeah, I know. This is pretty bad, but until, like, I would say a couple months ago, I thought uh, UFCW was, like, a fighting gym. I didn't, like, I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had no idea what it was every because I, I would see the training center sign and be like, oh, I guess they're just practicing. They're trying to get the MMA scene going in Winnipeg here. And, I, and like, I, I found out talking to one of my buddy's girlfriends and she's like, oh, my dad works for UFCW. I'm like, oh, cool. Where do you fight? And she's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, we just talked to the, to the union yesterday. That's how this came up. Uh, so what you thought it was like UFC Winnipeg? Yeah, like I thought they were. I thought they were just trying to get ready for some fights, get the get Canada back on the map. But. <laughs> oh, that's great! Well done, Tyson. Well done, um, Mackling. What about you? Not got nothing. All right, uh, Cameron Poitras. What about you? Well, recently I found this one out, and um, you know, with camels, and this one has to do with anatomy. With camels, the their hump has uh, it's made of fat mm -hmm. and up until last week when I was listening to a podcast I thought it was like a water bladder where they kept their water when they were in the desert that's what I thought I did too it's, okay it's so just, now let's point out Macklin has does have one thing it's a, it's, no, 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 it's, no, a, it's a big hump way. I'm just having a hard time thinking of a story this is great Cam. it's a big hump of fat I thought it was actually where they kept their water. And it was like this big, like, bladder, like a Cosmo Kramer uh, oil tanker, like, bladder. 100%. Uh, I, I, that's, I, that's what I thought. That's 100% and what the guy I goes, thought. It's, no, it's, it's fat. And I went, and the guy who was interviewing me goes, I thought it was a bladder, too. And I was like, I felt like, well, now it's ridiculous, but. No, it's not. 
I don't know. I, I want to recount on that. That's got to be what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that expert's wrong. <laughs> I, I've ridden camels, and I thought there was just some sort of a, a water reserve, like a reservoir in those humps. Maybe, maybe it, like the fat axes, are, there's some sort of like thing going on there, but I thought it was actually like a bladder where you could like, I don't know, poke it or something, and then like a stream of water would come out. That's what I thought. <laughs> Makes you wonder what percentage of people touching the female breasts wonder what was going on in there and where that was going to take them. Okay. Ooh. All right. All right, Loren. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Jeff Braun next. Uh, I'm I'm uh, the same as Loren as far as the doctor goes, where the doctor says stuff and I have no idea. I, I basically just say, am I dying? And he's like, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> once years ago, I had pneumonia. And after two weeks, it wasn't getting any better. And I went back to the doctor and they were checking me out or whatever. And they're like, uh, do you smoke? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, you haven't been smoking the last couple of weeks, have you? I was like, yeah, I have. And like, you've been smoking when you had pneumonia? And she was just flabbergasted. And I was just like, well, you never told me I shouldn't. So <laughs> so what are you, you going to do? <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's mostly just doctor stuff. They, I, I'm. They tell me about the blood work. They run down the list of things. I have no idea what they're talking about. It's just like, well, he doesn't sound concerned, and he hasn't told me to do anything specific, so I guess guess I'm fine. Am I dying? Can you just break it down to that? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that is good. So text us at 204-780-6868, like Daryl, who says, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. (laughs) (laughs) WKRP. I thought they can fly a little bit. Uh, Maybe. They They can get off the ground a tiny bit. Like from tree to tree, maybe? Yeah, they can't migrate or anything like that. Yeah, that's not happening. Uh, With my own health, Jeff, you reminded me of, in my own health, dealing with doctors for three years and questions about nausea and whether or not, you know, with uh, concussions and post-concussion system, I always thought that nauseousness meant that you had to be throwing up. Hmm. Like you're actually vomiting. Yeah. And so for three years, when they were asking me, are you nauseous? No, no, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, I guess it's just that funny feeling in your stomach. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. None like at all. Feeling. None at all. So I was misguiding my own doctors in, in terms of trying to help me feel better. So that that I felt really dumb after that. Oh wow, that's interesting. Um wild turkeys fly, says Kristen. Domestic turkeys do not. They're not well, but they can cover ground. Okay. Yeah. Okay, what about flying squirrels? They glide. Don't they go from branch to branch sort of? Can't we just call them gliding squirrels? <laughs> so, sounds more fun if they're flying. Yeah, it, they've got it, like those like those wing, wings on their, under their yeah. arms, right? Like those guys that wear those fly suits. Yeah. I think that's the, they're <laughs> sort of modeled off of that, right? Must be. But the name gets you wrong. And uh, I, it could even be something simple for me. I just like 20 minutes ago wrote to Brett a text about something. And I said, that affects a lot of people or affects or effects. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, I give up the on things those that you just words. don't know effects and effects, and then and then I have to walk myself through it. You're not comparing something, Loren. Use T H E N. But I have to say it out loud, or I don't know. Well, Dustin says, I forgot how to spell bird. I'm 37, says Dustin, and this was last <laughs> year. Just forgot how to spell just the B-O-R-D. word bird. Was it a Y? Did he add a Y instead of an or I? Or a Maybe U? he's a fan of Ozark. Because yeah. <laughs> of the character, Marty Bird. Yeah. That might have something to do with it. B-Y-R-D-E. So here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. Tell us about something that you were embarrassed not to know or that moment where you're like, what? That's how that works? Like Loren, you uh, there was another one you mentioned uh, something about when oh. you in the news in your newsroom years ago. George Harrison died, and it comes across the wire, and someone goes, "Oh no, George Harrison died," and I said, "Who's that?" And everyone's like, "The Beatle, like one of the Beatles," and they were. I just was filled with this huge shame that I had no idea who they were talking about. And I every time someone has passed away since, and it comes across the wire, I sit there silently for a few seconds just to double check I know who I'm talking about. <laughs> It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Hey, for our small town salute today, every Thursday, 735, we are asking you about fun things to do out of town that cost little 
to nothing, like the waterfall of lights in Brandon, which just started yesterday. Uh, so look that up. It looks great. Um, and you can text us some ideas at 204-780-6868. Maybe we'll crack the phone lines at 735. And before we bring in our next guest in the big smoke, we are asking you about the things that you were embarrassed to learn that you didn't know. Like, what did Luke say, Loren? I thought the term was foolproof and not foolproof. Guess that's why my plans never worked, LOL. <laughs> foolproof. <laughs> I need foolproof of that. <laughs> foolproof. There well, are lots of sayings like that, though, that like you use. and you, Is this even the right saying? Yeah. Yeah, what are you trying to convey here? What's the yeah. origin? And so that leads us, when you don't think about the origin, it leads us to use it incorrectly all the time. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I know I've screwed up sayings, and uh, I've, I've have I have a couple of friends who always screw those things up. Like they're like, like Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. They where he just he 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 says he makes a like a colloquial term, but he just get he boots it completely. Well, completely mixing metaphors. Yeah, yeah, he's outstanding at that. Yeah. That takes a lot of talent to do it as poorly as he does. <laughs> it does. It's the um. The one that's six of one half, half a dozen of another. What's that expression? Six now of I'm one, half run- a dozen of the other? Yeah. Or of another? Six, like, it's sixes and twelves. It's six, it's twelves. <laughs> like, I just yell <laughs> things out and hope people understand what I mean. All right. So, listen, no one likes to lose. But is there a team that you hate to see the Jets lose against the most? I will go first here. The Leafs. I don't like it when the Jets lose to the Leafs because I just don't like the Leafs. Full stop. Period. Blah, 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 Greg. That's nice and concise. I like yep. that, Loren. And you're not alone. <laughs> that said, Leafs fans are also not alone in any hockey rink in this country, no matter where they play on the road. They are everywhere. And one of the most beloved and, and might be the also one of the most hated franchises, not only in hockey, but maybe in sport. Tonight, the Jets are in Toronto. It's a big game. Buck drops at 6 p.m. our time. We'll be watching, so will our next guest, former 680 CJOB reporter, longtime Leafs fan. He's now with AM640 Global News in Toronto. Matt Cardi joins us now from the unofficial center of the universe. Cardi, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? I'm doing all right. So what hurts more, the fact the Leafs haven't won the Stanley Cup since 1967 or the fact they haven't won a single playoff round since 2004? Woo! Here we go! Uh. <laughs> Those both cut deep, Greg. Those both cut deep. Just just bringing out the fire to get things going, eh? Um, if I had to, to pick one, obviously, well, the, the the round, you need to win a round before you can win the cup, right? It's so much heartbreak. I mean, Loren's saying she hates losing to the Leafs. Well, we hate losing to Boston. And I mean, you know, if to, to get to the cup this year, we're going to have to likely go through Boston. So... I would, uh, I guess, lose, uh, not losing or not winning a round in quite some time would be my pick. So, Matthias, hello there, Matt. Good to talk hello. to you, sir. What's it like being part of the Leafs Nation? It's, it's great. I mean, you know, the, you know, this team in my lifetime has gone through some some serious ups and downs. I mean, you think back to ten years ago. You know, the days of, of Randy Carlisle coaching the team and, and, and Joffrey Lupul are our, our, our number one scorer. And, you, you know, some, some pretty dark days leading up to what's been happening now, where you sort of have an, an elite roster of, of players and you see guys like Marner and Nylander. And, you know, oddly enough, you can make the argument that Austin Matthews, the great Austin Matthews, is probably our third best player this year when you see guys like Marner and Nylander putting up the numbers they do. And going into the season, it was all about how we didn't have an elite goaltender like Connor Hellebuck, for example. Uh, but the goaltending's been all right. I mean, the the goaltending has, has, has shocked some people. I mean, Ilya Samsonov and, and Matt Murray have, have held their own uh, in the crease, and, and the scoring comes. I mean, you know, you never have to worry about scoring and, and, and having big games. I just look back to um, the, the Florida Panthers uh, game that we had the other night where Panthers went up 2 nothing. We ended up winning it in overtime. I mean, it seems like these days the Leafs are never really out of a game. And on a side note to that, always good to see Paul Maurice blow up behind the bench. I, I know as, as Jets fans, those are always highlights as well, seeing Paul Maurice blow up behind the, the, the bench. And we definitely saw that the other night from, from the former coach of the, the Jets and the Leafs. 
So I want to be honest about something. I lived in Toronto for years. I love that city. And there were years where they did make the playoffs, and I enjoyed it, like being part of that, that ride. It's fun. But I've just never been a fan of the team. My kid is a fan of the team, loves them, loves them, <laughs> will not change his mind. His whole room is Toronto Maple Leaf stuff. And I support that, even though I joke around with them. But I, I have been to games with him when he goes to games here, and it's an interesting experience. And Matt, you lived in Winnipeg. You've gone to games in other yep. cities. What's it like being a Leafs fan going into another rink? Because in, on one hand, you know, you're vilified, but on the other, you find so many like-minded people out there. You're everywhere. You, like, you're, you populate like bunnies, it seems like. <laughs> right. So w- <laughs> when I first moved to Winnipeg, I had the opportunity uh, to go to a least Jets games uh, uh, in downtown Winnipeg. And I thought, you know what, I can't wear a Leafs jersey because I, I know the, the reputation that precedes us as Leafs fans. And if I walk around downtown Winnipeg with a Leafs jersey on when the Jets are playing, like I'm, I'm going to get reamed out by everybody. And so I, I think I just, I actually think I wore a Jets jersey, to be honest with you, because, you know, I didn't want to be that guy. And I like wearing uh, hockey jerseys and, you know, someone had a Leaf jersey for, or a, a, a Jets jersey for me, so I wore that. But then I got to the game and the number of people in the building that had Leaf jerseys on and, you know, going nuts when the Leafs scored a goal. I was like, what is going on? So that was sort of my like very first taste of just how um, international this team is. And uh, as Greg said, one of the most hated but beloved teams in sports. And that was such a prime example for it. So when I got to go to another Leafs and Jets game in Winnipeg, sure, yeah, I wore the Leaf jersey and, you know, got a few chirps here and there. But, you know, got supported from all these other Leafs fans. And like, you know, you guys are alluding to here, they – we travel well. I mean, you go to any barn that the Leafs are playing in, in uh, on an away game, and there are Leafs fans there, and in some cases, cheering louder than the home fans. Is this just uh, not indicative of the fact that people move, are moving out of Toronto and don't want to live there yeah, anymore, and there so they're living elsewhere, Matt? Like, let's be honest about this. Yeah, it, it could definitely be that, and that's that's fine. I mean, one it's one thing to, to live in Toronto, and the cost of living here is absolutely nuts. That's sort of one of the reasons why I, I miss Winnipeg is, you know, the, the, the cost of living and, and, and the lifestyle that, that Winnipeg brings with it. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't stop being a Leafs fan. I mean, you know, look at look at Snowbirds. I mean, going down to Phoenix and Florida, I mean, they show up to Leafs games when they're in town. We see uh, people making trips to, to Vegas that correspond with a, a Leaf game there. So it's, it's I know people that will plan trips around you know, going south, going somewhere warm, L.A., Florida, Phoenix, Dallas, uh, Vegas, they will plan a trip around when the Leafs are playing there so they can catch a Leaf game, wear their Leaf jersey um, uh, while they're while the Leafs are on the road. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a number of things. People maybe don't want to live in Toronto. We see we saw a mass exodus uh, during during the pandemic, and it seems like things are starting to get back back to normal. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Cardi, we got to leave it here. Well. Sorry, Matt, we are out of time, but it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, it was a pleasure working with you in Winnipeg. I knew you, but you always wanted to make it back to Toronto. So on your journey, Matt, I say good for you. Take care. All right, sir. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Seven nineteen six eighty CJOB traffic. Here is Justine Ruche. So far, so good with our commute within the city. Still pretty quiet on the roads with no crashes or stalls. Just some minor delays that we've seen over on northbound Pemina towards Confusion Corner. Same thing with westbound Regent towards Lajemodier. Had a little bit of a lineup along there. Otherwise, pretty good across the city. New work starting up today. Westbound Academy losing your curb lane from Lindsay to Renfrew. Eastbound Broadway, we've got work in the median lane between Donald and Main Street. And over on westbound Ellis between Donald and Carleton, still lose your curb lane. Same thing with eastbound, losing your curb lane from Donald to Carlton. Can't get enough Popeye's chicken? You'll love the Popeye's signature chicken deal. For a limited time, get three pieces of Popeye's hand-battered and hand-breaded chicken for just $8. That's 680 CGOB traffic. Cloudy today, cloudy tonight, cloudy tomorrow, cloudy Saturday. 30% chance of light snow today and a high of minus 6, a low of minus 9 
Overnight tonight, 30% chance of light snow for tomorrow and a high of minus four. We might, might, might see some cloud, uh, pardon me, some sun and cloud on Saturday and a high of minus eight. That's where we stand currently. Minus eight with barely a breath of wind at 680. CJOB. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, the things that you are embarrassed to realize you did not know. What does Chris have to say? My husband's dad raised pigs as a hobby. When we were in the early stages of our relationship, we ordered half a pig. When it came time to cut up, cut it up, my father-in-law asked me if I wanted wanted uh, what I wanted. I said pork chops and bacon. Then he asked me what else. I said, what else is there? I grew up in the city, go to the store and buy pork chops and bacon. Didn't know you could get ham, roasts, etc. We all had a good laugh about that. Okay. I think that's probably a common one. Just not knowing the parts, right? No? I think so. And Aaliyah says, up until last year, I thought the phrase making ends meet was making ends meet as in M-E-A-T. <laughs> and I always, she says, I always pictured a huge pork roast when I said that too. By the way, Matt Cardi, whom we just talked to, he's the son of a butcher. He just texted the exact same thing, making ends meet. He thought it was making ends meet. I think he said until last year. Beautiful. Finally figured that out. Love it. It is time for our small town salute. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to open the phone lines at 204-780-6868. We would like to know. We would like some suggestions. What's something fun to do out of town beyond the perimeter highway that is little to no cost? 204-780-6868. Feel free to call in. we got a couple of text suggestions. We'll get to those in a second. But before that... We have a couple of other texts that we would like to share, starting with Bill. Yeah, this is on the heels of our conversation with Matt Cardi in the unofficial center of the universe, at least Canada's universe, with regard to sports. Bill says, Toronto, when in championship games, I've been raptured by the Raptors. Bonkers for the Blue Jays. I'd even been frenzied for the FC. But the Leafs, Bill says, never Maybe when the Argos beat the Bombers, this psychological scab about the lease was picked at oh. even more. And I think I'm with Bill on that one 100%. Although I don't cheer for the Blue Jays ever either. So uh, maybe it's just a Toronto thing for me, Loren. I feel bad saying that because I know how much you loved living there. I like it. It's a great city. Tons of fun. Supremely expensive to live there now. And it actually was then. Um, but yeah, I'm all on board picking on any of their sports teams. And I had actually, this is crazy, Brett, I forgot the Argos had even won the cup. <laughs> like, I just, I feel like I just buried that deep down <laughs> with bad feelings. Yeah, and that, that you know, that maybe that also could potentially tie in a little bit to our contest question. Something that you were surprised to learn, embarrassed to learn that you had it wrong. Like Mike saying, uh, for like 30 years, I used to say play it by year and not play it by ear. A oh, group of people co- corrected me, a wee bit embarrassed. But uh, what does Julie have for us, Loren? Julie says, when my husband was little, he would go to the restaurant Bonanza. They would ask, do you want soup or salad? He'd reply, yes, please. The waitress would be confused. My husband thought it was super salad. <laughs> Needless to say, my in-laws had to explain it to him. Super salad. It That's was. super, But a large salad. A super salad. At Bonanza, it was a super salad. It was the super salad bar. You went and you could have everything. They had, mm-hmm. they had ice cream at the end of your meal. They had bread rolls. They had all the different fixings for your salad. And uh, if you went to Ponderosa... In its later iterations, I don't know if it's still open in Grand Forks, but they have chicken wings, they have potato skins, all these different appetizers on the super salad bar as well. So keep those text messages coming at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win some Manitoba Moose tickets. We're going to pick a winner just after 9.15. In the meantime, for our small town salute, we want to know what's something cool that you can do for little to no money. 
out of town because I was on Travel Manitoba's website yesterday and we're looking for ideas and we were hoping to bring somebody on to talk about it, but I didn't spot this until like six o'clock last night. So um, I left a voicemail, but they probably haven't even heard the message yet. And I stumbled upon something that actually just begins today. It's called the Waterfall of Lights, and this is going until February 28th. So what they've done here at the is they you can skate. They say skating through the dazzling display of holiday lighting. So it's a an amazing display of lights. It's located immediately west of the city of Brandon's community services complex on McGregor Avenue, and they've got uh, just a waterfall of lights display. Uh, you access to the skating oval. The skating oval is free, so you can they keep the lights on until eleven o'clock at night. So you can go there for a skate in the evening through all these wonderful lights for nothing. So it's kind of like we're talking about skating in Winnipeg on the River Trail and all the great things they do at the Forks. But if you want to head west or you are out west, there's something you can do. There you go. If you need an excuse to head to the Wheat City, that just might be uh, one of those things, right, Loren? I mean, the West Man's got so much to offer in terms of pure beauty, but activities as well. Boston Brandon, right now it's egg day, so you can take in, you could go skating on the outside and then go inside for some good times and check out what's going on at the basically, you know, from now, I think, January 17th until uh, the end of the weekend. So, egg days. 17th, 18th, 19th. It might be just the end today, actually. I'll have to double check. Egg days are such a big deal in Brandon at the curling club where where my fake nephew works as uh, one of the ice makers. (laughs) They had to take the ice out. For Ag Days, and then they're going to redo the ice next week when Ag Days is over because they need so much space for that event. Really? Yeah. Yeah, something else. Oh, wow. And then we have a suggestion here from Nancy Loren. So Nancy has a really great one. Not far. You could get there today if you wanted to, definitely on the weekend. Nancy suggests Spruce Woods Park and Parsons Hill. They're skating around the Oval. Jam Pale Curling. Tobogganing, you can bring hot dogs, marshmallows, and have a wiener roast. The firewood is provided. That's always, I love having a fire outside in winter. So that's a great suggestion from Nancy in Spruce Woods. Just head west on the number one, and it's just south of the number one, uh, about you know 35 minutes past Portage. So that's awesome. You also can do, I, I don't know if you guys are into this. I always, I, I'm not a cross-country skier, but I find there's a lot of people who are. And if you go to the Travel Manitoba website, they have all sorts of great places that you can hit some really cool trails like Charter Mountain Provincial Park, White Shell Provincial Park. Um, I've always never understood the point of cross country if it, there's no hills involved. It's like the worst part of skiing. Yes. You know when you're going downhill skiing and you're just trying to get to the tow rope or to the ski, to the lift, and you're doing that shuffle along, and then someone went and invented a sport and said, let's just do this full time. Yeah, Brandon That's Hills. That's how I feel. Brandon Hills, south of the city, is actually a great place to go cross country skiing. Uh, let's go to... Pardon me, sorry. Scott, welcome to the show, uh, 204-780-6868. What's your suggestion, sir? Uh, hello, guys uh, and girls. Um, I'm the head coach and general manager of the Arbor Ice Dogs in the CRJHL, and uh, our our team and community, uh, one of the uh, local businesses, Vader Solutions, is hosting a um, free admission tomorrow night which is Friday, uh, in Arburg with uh, free admission. Uh, they're paying for everybody's admission. And everybody that attends gets a free hot dog, a free drink, a free bag of chips, and a donut. And a free hockey game. Wow. Watch uh, the Arburg Ice Dogs and the Bozers or Comets play. Where'd Not they, to, where'd you you, go you ahead, spell Lauren. dog, D-A-W-G. Let's just point that out, too. It's like dog. That's right, D-A-W-G-S. <laughs> <laughs> and where, so you're putting this all on for free. You're going to have provide free refreshments. Where, where the, right. Did you have to do any fundraising for that? No, uh, one of the local companies, Vitter Solutions, is um, sponsoring it all. Oh, well, that's great. And for those, uh, and so. for those who... Uh, so. It's fairly fairly inexpensive and i mean it's probably well it's a little ways away probably 45 50 minutes from the perimeter to arbor so what direction do we go we go north on seven it's roughly 25 minutes past too long 
Yeah, I'm looking at the Arburg Ice Dogs Twitter feed right now. They're inviting you to Community Ice Dogs Night, sponsored by Vitter Solutions. And they're covering admission, as you mentioned. Come out, cheer on your Arburg Ice Dogs. That's tomorrow night, Friday, January 20th, 8 p.m., Arburg Arena. Well, Scott, thank you for that suggestion. We appreciate it, sir. All right. Take care. Have a good day. And if you have any more suggestions, feel free to shoot us a text at 204-780-6868. Always looking for cool stuff to do. And like yesterday, we talked about all the cool venues people have visited to see concerts around the world. But if they're looking to do something fun in the winter right in our own backyard, we'd love to hear your ideas. Shoot us a text. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. As inflation continues to rise, many Canadians are taking a hard look at their finances, Greg. If you're strapped for cash, that could mean fewer social events. But as Global's Alyssa Julie explains, it can be difficult to turn down an invite and feel confident while doing it. People need to understand that everyone is in a very similar situation. Daryl Brown, a financial and investment consultant, says the first step is setting a goal for yourself. It could be saving up for um, a a down payment on a house. Um, It could be just setting aside cash in an emergency fund. So making sure you you can, for yourself, articulate your financial goals. While setting those goals can help, negative feelings can still pop up when you have to say no to something. In our brains, no kind of creates something chemically in our brain that makes us feel bad. And when you're really, really clear on your vision and your goal and what you're working towards and you're saying yes to that, it makes it easier to say no to those other things. Brenda St. Louis coaches her clients to be honest with themselves about their financial situation while finding creative ways to nurture relationships while still saying no. I'm not going to be able to make the wedding, but can you come over and we can celebrate for dinner? To avoid being the one friend who's always saying sorry, she encourages clients to take initiative and invite friends or family on budget-friendly outings. But if you know there's a big event coming up, like a wedding, that you don't want to miss out on, Brown says you should build your budget around it. The more you want to do something, the more it should sit higher up in your budgeting and your forecasting, for sure. And finally, if you haven't been able to save up for that big event, and you don't want to dip into your emergency fund or don't have the savings to fall back on, don't feel obligated to explain, says Brown. After all, a lot of people are feeling financial pressure right now. Alyssa Julie, Global News. So in contemplating this idea that many of us might have to start saying no to invites, like whether it's that dinner or a hockey game or a movie or a wedding, as Alyssa was talking about, and maybe people already are saying no to those things. I came across an acronym I hadn't heard of before, and I don't know if you guys had either, F-O-S-Y, or Fozzy or Fozzy, fear of saying yes. And I found this from a British survey that was done last week, 2,000 adults, 37% of them said that they feel financial worries have held them back from saying yes to enjoying various experiences in the last 12 months. And the survey that was commissioned by this UK-based maker of non-alcoholic beverages, they're just talking about how people can try to enjoy experiences more. But it goes into the idea that in this fear of saying yes, there's this fear of saying yes maybe because you can't afford it. So you're scared to say yes because you know you can't afford it. Or you're scared to say yes because you're scared to put yourself out there. And so that had me thinking about a lot of things because I think overall, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but how I feel is that I struggle to say no to a wide variety of things. I have a fear of actually saying no because you feel like you're letting someone down, even though as soon as you commit to whatever it is, you're like, I can't afford to get there, can't afford that plane ticket, really don't want to be doing this, actually don't want to go out, you know, all those sorts of things. Are you guys in which camp are you? Is it you don't want to say yes or you worry about saying no? I've never, first of all, ever heard of this fossy or fossy <laughs> fear of saying yes. I think yes. it's made up one. Well, I like it because uh, we don't often think about that aspect of it and the idea of if I say yes to this, uh, what sort of compromising position could I be putting myself in, not only socially, but right now economically. But no, when we were going over some of our thoughts and our hopes and dreams for for 2023 that's one of mine is to say more more no's 
no more often because I find when I get overwhelmed is when I'm saying yes to absolutely every invitation, an invite or the opportunity to do every single thing that might come across my plate. And I'm, I'm trying to learn the power of no, Brett. Yeah. It, it, and it, for me, it just depends on the situation. It might depend on the person. It might depend on the mood that I'm in. Sometimes I'll be, if I'm in a, um, uh, depend like if I'm at work and focused perhaps and someone were to ask me to, to participate in this event I might be you know because I'm in that like I'm I gotta I'm here to work uh I'm zoned in so I might just say no I can't do it can't afford it whatever I'm busy go away but if I'm in a happier mood I might be reluctant to immediately say no I might think oh well, that sounds good uh, I, I will say I am reluctant to say yes to events that are on Friday nights because by Friday night, I know I'm going to be tired, exhausted. Well, that's wise. That's wisdom exemplified. But then I feel like, but then I also have the, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Wow. What am I going to miss out on if that I don't go out? controls a lot of our life, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah. I think there's a real, and we're going to get more into this at 835. We're going to visit with psychologist Dr. Julia Riddell. But this idea, the art of saying no, I think there's a lot of people, you know, there might be people seeing they want to say yes to more things and try new things as they enter 2023. And I am more in the camp of the no side, that I need to start saying no. And one of the things that's recommended is to sandwich the no, do a no sandwich, which means put the no in the middle of two yeses. So say, for example, if your boss gives you a list of things that they'd like you to consider, you find the one that you're not interested in or you don't want to do and go, yep, yes to that, no to that one, yes to the other. And then you still look like you're a yes person, even though in the middle was the hard no. I understand why you want me to do this. It's a great, great opportunity. Yes. But no, I can't because I need more sleep. Yes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That was the No Sandwich brought to you by Greg Mackley. <laughs> Minus eight with some light snow, by the way. Looks like a snow globe outside. Quite relaxing to stand outside. Not sure how much fun it is to drive in that right now. Um, it might be slippery out there, so heads up for that. Before the keys to the game at 8-11, just wanted to quickly touch on this rent prices story that Jeff Braun just shared in the newscast. A couple of reports just come out in the last 24 hours comparing rents across the country and here in Winnipeg for December's average. That we heard one bedroom in Winnipeg comes in around 1200 bucks on both reports and the two bedrooms cost in the window of 14 and 1600 and as looking at one of these reports the cost of rentals in Winnipeg um, there was an increase Winnipeg annual average rents up 12% for condo rentals and apartments in December I just got my lease agreement renewal application yesterday and my rent's going up 60 bucks next year so, like, a, when I first moved into this place in 2019, I think it was 1200 with parking, and now it's going to be $1,355. Well, great. Pe- some people might be yelling, oh, I thought it was a 0% increase. Well, yeah, that's right. I'm on the uh, province of Manitoba website right now. The 2022 and 2023 red increase guidelines, 0% effective January 1st of each year. But there are exceptions, and here are the exceptions. Unit, units renting for... $1,570 or more per month as of December 31st, 2021 and December 31st, 2022 for 2022 and 2023 purposes. Personal care homes are exempt from 0% rate increase. Approved rehabilitated rental units and new buildings less than 20 years old where an occupancy permit was first issued or a unit was first occupied after March 7th of 2005. So there are some exceptions that are going to be allowing uh, that rent increase to go above zero, Loren. One of our listeners was texting to to ask us, you know, that that they're a renter and that there's this tenancy board. There's a board you can go to when you're applying for a larger increase that goes above and beyond those guidelines. And he was wondering, does the board ever actually say no to a landlord or a property owner that's coming to them for a rental increase. So we're working to get some of those answers. If you own a property, let us know. If you if you're someone who uh, is a property manager, let us know. 780-6868 because you know renters are out there saying yeah, there might be rules 
But if no one's ever telling them, no, you can't hike, then they have concerns about that. And, you know, when you say 60 bucks a month, you're out of pocket now $700 this year, Brett. And I get, like, cost of living is going up for everyone. And that would include the people who run these buildings. And so if they're making changes, the cost of goods to do any renovations might go up, you know, heating and all the rest. But you're now entering a territory for a one-bedroom apartment that a lot of people could have a mortgage on. And I know when you own a house... You have to pay for all sorts of different things above and beyond what a renter would do. But that's that's a hard territory to be in uh, in, in a one-bedroom, I think. And 60 bucks a month means you might scale back on two meals or or more. Maybe not take your car as much. I'm not sure. But that's no that's no small chunk of change. Yeah. Every time I, I, I get these lease agreement renewals now, I just I think, oh, because my previous situation that led me to this apartment, I was sharing an apartment a two-bedroom apartment, and that rent was nine, and it was because that person had picked it up on a sublet, uh, so the, the the rent was grandfathered or whatever. Nine hundred dollars for a two-bedroom, right. so I was paying four fifty for my share. So to go from that to twelve hundred to now thirteen fifty-five, it just kind of go, oh man. <laughs> and you're right; it, 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 I might as well just get my own property. But one of the things that also kind of confounds me about these reports, the one of them says Winnipeg finished twenty seventh on the list of 35 cities uh, for average monthly rent, which means Winnipeg is on the more affordable end of this, these scales. Has well, what was the Vancouver all- number? Was it 2500 bucks a month? Just pulling that up. 2500 bucks a month, a one-bedroom rent in Vancouver. It went up just half a percentage point. And if you want two-bedroom in Vancouver, according to this report, three and a half grand. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how people are affording that in any market. I are they making double income in those cities? Like I just, it's that, that's a, those are shocking numbers. Yeah, it is overwhelming. I had a job opportunity in Vancouver 25 years ago and went to go and find a place to live and, and promptly phoned the company that offered me the job and said, I'm moving back to Winnipeg. <laughs> I can't, I can't even think about or justify paying 1800 25 years ago $1,800 a month for a pretty shabby two-bedroom mm-hmm. apartment. It was, yeah, not happening. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, what are the things that you realized you didn't know? You're embarrassed to find out that what you thought was one thing turned out to be another or a saying that you've been getting wrong your whole life. And Loren, uh, is Gordo going a little bit after Greg's heart here? I think so, because Gordo says, I hadn't thought about it, but it wasn't until I was 16 or 17 that the light came on and I realized pickles were made from cucumbers. I learned that just in the last couple of years on this show. We were talking about this, right. and, and and I think I said, pickles are cucumbers? And they're like, well, what did you think it was? And I said, I don't know, pickles? <laughs> I just thought they were called pickles. Yeah, uh, for a long time, I had I had no knowledge, nor did I care yeah. where pickles do you, came from. Do you from. like cucumbers? Who I are you don't. speaking with? Well, you know who I'm speaking with. I don't care if Brett likes cucumbers, like because he likes pickles. He's a normal person. Do you Cucum- like cucumbers? Cucumbers and celery can go in the same drawer. Oh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Why do people like put salt and pepper on the cucumber? Because it's the only way it's consumable. Um, this next one here, this is well, this is quite the, the colorful picture. When I was eleven, says this listener, my sister had been in the hospital. When she came home, she was describing the experience, telling us everything that happened. She said they had given her an enema. So I asked, "What did that taste like?" And I was laughed right out of the house. Okay. Yep. Good times. And this next one, uh, Mackling, Chris, uh, with an interesting uh, hockey story. This isn't my embarrassing story, but my buddy, uh, CJ. CJ isn't a hockey fan, but he's seen plenty of games over the years. Anyway, we're watching a game once, and after a whistle, he says, oh, it's a stoppage in play. I'm confused and say, well, yeah, what did you think they were saying? I thought it was a hockey term. Stoppage and play. <laughs> like all one word. <laughs> we still That's laugh like a, about that one. like an Ikea furniture. Stoppage and play. <laughs> uh, I'd I be curious to know what CJ thought a stoppage and play was. <laughs> like why would they be saying that? Yeah. Like why would they be talking about another team that wasn't on the ice, CJ? Well, I can remember Ken Nicholson talking about uh, Jets goalie making a key save. Well, that was obviously an important save at the time of the game. I imagined the goalie always kind of 
getting together, like looking right. like a keyhole, like a, a key save. It was more of a, an adjective <laughs> than, 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 than a, 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 a turning point in the game. Yeah. I know Joe just about a year ago with my kids learned that toe drag was not like a dragging the toe of the skate. Like oh, it's, it's with the, the stick. The stick where yeah, they yeah. move the puck. Yeah. And then a toe drag and then scores. And I'd be like, well, I didn't see them drag their toe. Like, I don't know. <laughs> understand and then my youngest is so he makes fun of me all the time whenever i say like oh i could still beat you in hockey he's like you don't even know what a toe drag is and you can't skate backwards <laughs> dave anderchuk couldn't skate backwards either he's in the hall of fame uh one more runner up here and then lorraine will read the winner and this runner up is lorraine and lorraine says i thought lol meant log on later yeah so yeah the acronyms the abbreviations uh, for all in the, the, in the just in the last twenty five years, I still have to Google them. Like I don't know what these young people are talking about anymore. I have to Google SMH all the time. That's a oh yeah, I, same here. But Carrie's our winner, Loren. What did Carrie have for us? Growing up, I thought sharks had a razor sharp fin, and that's how they killed people. The focus was always on that fin. Not sure what year it was when I saw the movie Jaws, but that's when I realized. The fin had no part whatsoever. I still laugh at myself to this day. <laughs> they just pick up speed and slice right through you with a fin. <laughs> Forget those giant jaws and their huge teeth and that massive mouth. It's the fin that'll get you. Gary, congratulations. You're going to the Manitoba Moose on February 17th to see the Iowa Wild.